The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests, and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. On our feature, which is I Believe, where we celebrate authors, South African authors, we have yet another author for today. And our author is Ndomente Vianto Mjani. I'm hoping I'm reading that name correctly. She's the author of the book, I Weathered the Storm. And when you read the book, you realize um, she went through some storms that she did indeed weather. And we are talking here about what she has said and what she believes and the takeaways. Her book is full of um, perspectives and it is those perspectives perhaps that one day we would love to invite her to talk about and how she arrived at those perspectives. Joining me now is the author of the book, I Weathered the Storm, Ndomente Viandom Jani. Good evening to you and welcome. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, um, Nayo. Thank you so much um, for having me, and good good evening to the listeners. Congratulations for your memoir. Mm. How do you feel about your book? Um, how do I feel? Um, <laughs> I, I I'm proud. First of all, I'm proud uh, of having been able to to pen it down, and um, I feel that it is a tool that someone out there can be able to use to conquer their own storms. So I, I, I went through the text and there were so many things that I found somewhat arbitrary, but then again, that's what life is. Our experiences don't follow a particular narrative. They don't have a ruler that will keep them in this line or lane. But I found it rather interesting how you saw some things and perhaps if we have time, we'll get into them. But I want you to tell us first, um, what were you telling us about the book? When you say, I weathered the storm, um, what exactly do you want us to walk away with? Because there are quite a number of takeaways here and there are those that I see written at the back. And I'm wondering if that is the main thrust of your book. The first takeaway for me would be that um, giving up is not an option. Um, whatever life throws at us, um, giving up is just not an option. Secondly, it is important to find your identity, know who you are um, without having to depend on someone else. And in, in my case, it, it would be my biological father. I didn't know, I wanted to be um, defined by him or perhaps by having him in my life. Um, so until I found myself and found my own standing, well, in Christ, I was then able to, to, to find my own identity. And um, um, to also be able to 
have lots and lots of time for introspection and having conversations with yourself and being true to yourself, be able to see where you might have also, you know, made mistakes or hurt other people and correct that, you know. Um, so in other words, um, take responsibility, you know, for your own actions as well. It's it's not always the case that the storms that we go through come through the pain that is caused by other people. We are also capable of doing that. And so find it within yourself and work on it. Let's talk about the first point that you made there about your father. Who do you blame for that? Who do I blame? Um, now that I'm older and wiser, there is really no one to blame. Um, that's, that's, that's how my life was. Let's go back to the story. Let's go back to the story. You are raised by a mother without a father, and your father is absent, and you long for him. You, you know who he is or who is accused to be or alleged to be, but he doesn't play a role in your life. He doesn't do what other fathers do. To the extent that you, after you come back from the hospital, you get the strength and the courage to confront your mother. Yes. But then again, this happens late in the day. And you're saying no one is to, bl- to be blamed. Shouldn't mommy told to have told you the truth right off the bat? You grow, you grew up without the, 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 the presence of a father. You looked at that man as a person who was supposed to be doing a, something in your life. But there was a, a big battle between your mother and your father. And your mother didn't tell you about that. Doesn't she have any play, role to play here? Um, I'm not sure why you would you would get to that conclusion that she might have been. She didn't fault. tell you, according to you. She she didn't tell you. You had to dig it out of her. Yes, she did not tell me because one, I think she was protecting me. Two, from what? Protecting you from what? From being hurt. I mean, my father was denying me as his daughter, so I. I, I would probably think that what that's what she thought was right at the time, and um, she would have wanted to protect me. You know. Um, how is that protecting two, when when you don't tell somebody the truth? How is hiding the truth from somebody, anybody, uh, um, protecting them? You you are saying when you are not telling somebody the truth, you yes. make it sound as if she told me a lie. She just did not tell me. What has happened? That's she my did question. Not tell me at that time. Yeah. So I, it, 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 from her perspective, maybe it's not fair as well for me to be speaking on her behalf. Yeah. But from my from my um, analysis on from from the manner in which I looked at it, yeah. at it, I think as a mother, she was just trying to protect my feelings. Yeah. You know, she was trying to protect me. Hence, even in the book, I say she tried by all means to provide for me. To a point where I didn't even realize that there was a need for a father in my life. So I tried. I think she tried. Um, uh, she, she over, over, overdid it. Overcompensated. I mean. yeah, yeah, she yeah, overcompensated. I hear you. I think that's the correct way to put it. And then, yeah. and then there's a role played by your grandmother, your mother's mother. When she discovers that your mother is pregnant, she first no, of all, my she, father, that's my father's ma- mother. The one who was at the hospital. My my father's mother discovers that my mother is pregnant, and and then encourages her to 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 commit termination of pregnancy. 
Yes, that's my that's my paternal grandmother. All right. So let's talk about her. Yes. Don't you think perhaps she too had a role to play here? I mean, we by now we're not talking about people who are ignorant. We're talking about yes. a, a fairly developed, a civilized community of people here yes. who should know better. Termination of pregnancy is not always the best thing. Surely this is not something that you should advise a child to do. And my mom was not a child. I mean, she was a married woman, by the way, just, just as a um, um, yeah, um, when, when I say child, I mean your child if, as a parent, whether your, as, your child yeah. is old, but as a parent, this is as not something... Parent, always, yeah, yeah you, you don't... You, should we be advising our children uh, to, to terminate yeah. pregnancy? That's what I'm trying to establish, that uh, there's, there's a lot of blame to go around here. Um, when, <laughs> and I'm trying yeah. to understand. <laughs> when I later had a conversation with my father yeah. um he also said to me he really never denied my my paternity it was his mother that had said um she does not believe that i was here because you're fair-skinned so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i liked hey, the com- i liked the comment you made there that surely she can't be that ignorant <laughs> yeah no, exactly. i like that comment you know? yeah <laughs> So, so yeah, I think um, the grandmother did have a, a, a role that she played, and it was a very, a terrible one. Yeah. You know, uh, she contributed um, very badly. I Let's mean, talk also. about the, the, the main man now, because this book revolves around your identity, really, and many other things when you read, including the things that happened in your marriage or did not happen yes. in your marriage, may have been influenced by you also overcompensating. Doesn't yes. daddy have a role to play here? Surely he can't say, mommy told me, you're a grown man. You have your own decisions. If you made a baby, you take a decision whether to accept mm. paternity or not, or go and check if you don't know for sure. Doesn't have That's doesn't true. daddy have culpability as well here? No, he does. Actually he does. Um look, um maybe I'm also at a point where I I I, I had to forgive and just let it go yes. and close it and and close the chapter completely where there is no one to blame anymore, yeah, you know? Yeah. But when you look at it, the way you're explaining it, I think, of course, as an adult who was married, who had who should have been responsible for his children, he should have also taken accountability. So, yeah, I agree. But also, um, um, maybe it, it, it's not only about me, because I also mentioned in the book that for a long time I thought the rejection from my dad was... Yeah just about me, yeah, yeah. but only to realize on, on the day that I was burying him that it, it, it actually had nothing to do with me. Yeah. My brothers were also part of it, you know? Yeah. So that was him. That yeah. was, He was irresponsible like yeah, that. Yeah. You know? Quite frankly, I want, I want to give kudos to you and your siblings for burying him in a respectable way, even though he never gave you anything as a yeah. father. Kudos to you, respect to you Thank all you. the way. Let's now talk about your marriage, and I'm running out of time here. I'm just trying to nitpick on a few issues. Um, you, you marry this gentleman who appears not to have anything to offer. What did you see in him? Tall, dark, and <laughs> handsome, really? <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, 
I think I think if we look at it in the from the perspective that I now explain it to other people is that it was not only about what he had to offer. Yeah. Um, but it was also about my own healing process. Remember, yeah. I was also trying to heal myself of my own wounds and my own doings from yeah. the past. And I thought that if I then, you know, become a Mrs. Soren, so yes. then, and I, I also have a family of my own, you know, something that I did not have. It was something that. Well, I but you did have a family. You were raising your daughter. You had a good job I at was. the airport. You had a good car, a nice, lonely place to live. You had it all. You were paid fairly well. You had a promotion. You had it fairly okay. What but is it? What is it that you... There was someone missing in the picture. Remember, I, I was raising my daughter. I was having all of the things that you've mentioned. Yeah. But, again, there was no father figure in, in my daughter's life and, and in my own life. I did not have a husband, and it felt like there was something missing. I had it all, but there was something or someone missing. And I thought maybe it was a husband. What criteria did you use to determine that it had okay. to be a husband? Uh, I, I think I just used the void that I was feeling after yeah. having everything else. Yeah. You know, the void of, of and, and the pressure also, maybe I also should mention that, and the pressure of being in your early 30s, late 20, 20s, uh, almost 30. Yeah. Um, uh, having a child and everything else but a husband, and being in church again. Remember, I had reconciled with God at that time, back in church, active in church. I'm this sister, you know, who is... Yeah, but your reconciliation with Jesus was, was contingent on you wanting a husband. You decided, I'm going to stop having extramarital sex. I will, uh, uh, I'll live a pure life in order mm. to prepare myself for marriage. So, yes. so uh, th th that too is something that perhaps I'm not quite sure if that was the, the best formula. Do you perhaps wonder if um, you may have been guided by God to your decision to marry this chap, what, six oh, no. months down the line? No, no. God had nothing to do with it. Uh-uh. I was not guided by God. I, 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 I say this and I say it all the time. Mm. I wanted to heal my own wounds by just accepting because I mean, this this guy was said to me. He said to me, "Listen, I want to marry you, but just know I'm not going to go and get employment anyway." So, I mean, the first thing that I should have asked myself is that if this man is saying to me he's not going to work, what are we going to eat? And perhaps I should have even asked him, "What are we going to eat if we are not going to to work? Who are, who's who's supposed to go and work? You know, if we are going to be building a home?" But I did not ask those questions because. Deep down, I was also desperate to fix myself and fix my reputation and my life. And so, so I took anything that had a pulse and said, okay, let's move on. You know, if it anything, breathes, then let's move. Anything that had a pulse? It was not anything that had a pulse. This, you, you, this is a man you, according to you, you connected with on another level. Everything just no, fell into place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You both had God in common, according to you. And, yes. And, I mean, we spoke the same language in as far as religion was concerned. And then now you're saying there was no God, and yet before you said there was God? But it doesn't necessarily mean that God said we must do it. It, it, it doesn't mean that God made me do it. Yeah. God did not choose that man for me. All right. Well, you know? We're going to leave it there. My time is up. Thank you very much for coming through. Congratulations on your book. I, th th there's a lot that I could have asked you about because there were things that were worrying me about 
uh, how you arrived at the conclusions, uh, but we don't have time. Thank you very much. Nonetheless, I was going to ask you to read an excerpt um, for us, but um, our time is completely up. Just tell us, is, 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 is your book available for people to buy? It is. Um, yes. Um, they can contact me on my socials. I'm Tom Ben, Evian Tom Jali, on Facebook and, um, yeah, all of them, actually. All, all the right. social media platforms. Tom Ben, Evian Tom Jali. So that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. No, I'm not on Twitter, yeah. Fa- oh. Facebook, Instagram, yeah, and the other one. <laughs> Which one is the other one? Uh, TikTok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, TikTok. All right, no problem. Thank you very much, Ndobentle. Congratulations on your book. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much.